Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're Identical Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now, each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite, or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And And we're we're Identical identical twins. Twins. All right, this is Hymn Talk, Twin Talk, episode 32. Wow. Yeah, we're fully in season three now. I know. <laughs> How have you liked season three, you guys? I know. You know, we we are doing something different. Him talk, twin talk first. Here it is. <laughs> and we've had two interviews, two interviews of people related to us. That's right. Mom and dad. Yes. And we, we've loved kind of talking to people and having people here. So let us know. Do you like the interviews? Is it something we should keep doing? Do you want to be interviewed by us? <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're so excited excited because we have a special guest and this time she's not related to us. She's not. She's a total stranger but sister in Christ and turning out to be just a great friend. Yeah and you know we met her online. (laughs) I mean that 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 can happen right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She is a fellow podcaster. We actually were interviewed by her on her podcast. Yes. So that's really how it all started. Right. But she's just a beautiful singer, mm-hmm. really passionate about her podcast and about her faith, mm-hmm. and it's just a joy to chat with her. So she's going to be here to announce the next hymn. Yes. And then she's going to sing the next hymn. I know, I know. Yeah. It's so good. So you all might have some guesses from our clues this week. Yeah. But let's just roll the interview so they can hear this week's hymn from April Metzler. just started with interviews, right, Kel? Right, right. So we did our mom, we did our dad. I mean, April, you're third in line behind our parents. That's, right. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we reached out to April, and it was like, do you want us to pick a hymn? Do you want Do you want to pick the hymn? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sure enough, there was a hymn that was on her heart, and it just felt like this was the time. This was right. the time God was calling each of us right. to do this hymn. All right, so April, you are now responsible for announcing the hymn. Our (laughs) listeners don't even know what it is yet, so can you tell everybody the hymn that you chose? I asked them if it would be cool to do a mashup, Mm. and so we're doing two different hymns at the same time. That's a hymn talk, twin talk first. (laughs) (laughs) So, So one of them that just really resounded with me in my own personal time is holy, holy, holy. And then, of course, as the deer panteth is one of my favorites. And the lyrics, the words, they just resonate and they mesh so well together. And so we're going to do a mashup. Awesome. I mean, two beautiful songs that really are just full of praise and worship. Right. So Holy, Holy, Holy was written by Reginald Heber mm-hmm. and music was by John Backus Dykes. So after this interview, we're going to dive deep into those guys and tell everybody all about it. But April, tell us about what you were thinking of when you picked this, how this song was just settling in on your brain and on your heart. Okay. So um, the presence of God has been profoundly on my heart um, recently. And so I've been meditating heavily on what that looks like in action, the many facets of it. And one of them is, you know, uh, the question that prompted my heart was what would it look like to be in not only his presence, but in the the presence of the saints and the mm. angels when they they sing to him and praise his name mm. and and that in and of itself you know is something that we find in scripture it just spans across the bible about how all creation will praise the name of the lord and it, you know, even the rocks will cry out, right. you know, it says, and, you know, the stars, the frequency that they're on, you know, you've got to know that that speaks of God's love when you look up at those stars, mm-hmm. you know, shining across the universe. And, and it's just um, a brilliant, beautiful thing, you know, to think about singing those words, mm. holy, holy, holy is mm. our Lord. And that comes right from the Bible. Mm-hmm. We see it in the Old Testament and we see it in the New Testament. I mean, this repeated truth is so important that it it appears 
you know, it's centuries apart, mm-hmm. which I think is so neat because we're mirroring that with our two songs. Holy, 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 and as the deer, again, written hundreds of years apart. Right. But yet they worship the same God. Right. They're inspired by the same God, and they speak of the same truth. Right. I have been heavily, last last month actually, been meditating on what that would look like here and now versus, you know, 30, 40 years from now or whatever God gives me, gifts me in this world to, you know, walk the earth here. You know, before he calls me home, I don't. I don't want it after he calls me home. Right. I want to see it now, mm-hmm. here, now in his presence. Um, really, just having that fullness of God that he promises us. Mm. That's that's what my heart desires is complete fullness in him. He mm. is our all in all. So, what does that look like? And if meditating on singing these hymns and worshiping him in spirit and truth brings me closer to that reality Mm. now, literally, then glory to God. (laughs) That's nice. So, I mean, in your quiet meditation time, um, or even just as you go about your day, is there a time that you feel particularly close to God, that you feel his presence even more? I mean, I kind of feel like as as musicians, music is always a part of it. There's, I feel like when there's music, I feel closer to God. But is there anything that you can tell us when you feel particularly close or you can really kind of feel his presence? I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. It's just he's he is always there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, to speak to myself though, personal walk and and when I feel the closest with him is probably when I quiet my mind. You know, intentionally. Um, if we don't bring our minds under the obedience of Jesus Christ, what does that look like in action? You know, we we just go all over the place mm-hmm. and there there that stillness is not facilitated mm. you know we can't be in that space with him and in his presence if we're going all over the place with our minds with our emotions again that ties back to this hymn though right, <laughs> right, right. no <laughs> that's a fantastic. lot of that i loved so. when you said that it was intentional because you know you have to make it happen right. you have to like put the effort in it doesn't happen on its own and i don't know i just think that we kind of think about like sitting back and like waiting for God. Um, But you have to put that time in. You have to say, you know, I'm going to do this right now. It's really just a discipline training of obedience uh, and submission uh, to him in the moment Mm -hmm. and being in the moment with him. And so anyways, that's all right. So April, can we talk a little bit about your music? Now, you have a beautiful voice. Kelly and I have loved listening to you. You have, we're going to put all of this information on our show notes and on our social mm-hmm. media. We want people to be able to find you and listen to you. We are going to share your performance of this hymn of mm-hmm. Holy, Holy, Holy with As the Deer. Yes, this new mashup. This new <laughs> mashup. I mean, I can't wait for our listeners to hear it. We love sharing music in a new way, in an in an updated way, right. in a modern way. And right. That's what you're doing. I mean, people could say, we, you know, why do we want to hear hymns from like 100 years ago? Right. They're kind of old. But like you can make them beautiful and something that the contemporary listener would want to hear. Yeah. And that's oh. what you're doing, April. So we can't wait to share that. Can you share a little bit about one of your original songs? Because mm. I think being a singer is one thing. Being a songwriter is totally different. Um, one of your original songs that that really, you know, a little story behind it and something that we can really encourage our listeners to find. Well, there has been a song that keeps on getting brought up mm-hmm. and it's not by me. Uh, it's just in the atmosphere. So I'm leaning toward that one. Mm. And so I challenged myself as a songwriter to write uh, in such a way that it would be very specific to a a secular hobby that people do, um, but that would connect with God's love. And so in the writing, the whole point was to, to build a bridge. Um, And so I actually studied and researched how to jump out of an airplane. (laughs) <laughs> what? Okay. So um, I actually ended up writing this song and it's based upon that. And so um, basically it's um, it's called Drop Zone. And, <laughs> that and makes sense. I... I wanted it to sound sort of cool, like a um, like a spy movie type of thing. So, <laughs> like you know, James Bond. So when I was in the studio, I was talking to the um, producer slash awesome guitarist, and I was like, "Can we make this 
sound like one of those cool James Bond 007 movies, yeah. you know? And um, and he said, yeah, let's do it. And so that's in actually what you'll find with this song is this lovely introduction to what it looks like to be all in about, you know, God's love. Right. And, um, and so he is that the drop zone is actually when you do skydiving, it's like your your takeoff point, your safety zone. Mm-hmm. And so it is where everything begins, where the plane takes off and where it also where you end up landing. Mm. Um, and so it's called the DZ, you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> I didn't know as that. far as nomenclature is concerned. But there is so much um, to say. You'll just have to check it out on the lyrics if you're a lyric fan um, and you like words and you see how it plays in. You know, I reference God's love um, being a canopy and such and uh-huh. and how, um, you know, he is that uh, love that we fall into even when we mess up and even when mm. we don't, we're not perfect, you know, God still loves us. Anyways. That's awesome. So how can we hear this song? How can our listeners find the song? It's on Reverb Nation, but it's also, it's on my website. It's okay. on all streaming digital platforms. It's actually part of my album, Oh My Heartstrings. And okay. so um, it is available everywhere. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I mean, thank you for being here, April. We're going to share, you know, this song, Holy, 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 this mashup at the end of the episode. And we're going to direct people to your website and to your social media and to your podcast, The RSVP Show. Mm. Um, It was wonderful talking to you. I feel like we could talk for hours. I do, too. I do, too. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. This was super fun. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you guys for having me on the show. I uh, did not expect an invite like that. And that was so cool. I was all about it. I was like, let's do it. Oh, you're the best. We knew if we could get mom and dad to do it, we knew April would do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thank you. All right. So thank you, April. And thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed that interview. Yeah. And you're going to love her song at the end of the episode. Yes. Yes. I mean, she is just someone who loves the Lord Mm -hmm. and loves music. And like I said, we could just chat with her for hours. You know, (laughs) she reminds me of like people who get the call to be missionaries. You get the call to be a pastor. It is like she got the call to minister to people through her podcast right she is so committed to doing this right and you know technology is kind of amazing because we would have never been able to meet her or talk to her right it's kind of like being in heaven except (laughs) no headphones and computers you just get to see the person (laughs) right 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 all right so I mean I really want to dive deep into this hymn yes there's so much to it you guys I mean April talked a little bit about why it was on her heart Mm -hmm. and why she just is particularly loving it right now Mm -hmm. and she also talked about the you know, more modern song as the Dear Panteth, yes. which is such a beautiful song. It's funny because is that a hymn? <laughs> <laughs> it's in our hymnal. We we could just like have little breakout sessions, you right, know. Right, right. As the Dear, hymn or praise song. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get into Holy, Holy, Holy Cow. Yes. No, I mean, this has to be a hymn that most people know. I imagine so. It is a hymn that crosses denominational lines. It is in Protestant churches. It is in Catholic churches. It is even in the Mormon hymnal. Okay. Yeah. So it is around. It's published in 1,502 hymnals. I mean, that's a lot. That's right up there with Joy to the World. Right. Wasn't Joy to the World in the like 1500? Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of the most widely published hymns that we've come across. Right. Right. Yeah. And we should like publish statistics, you know? I know. You know, because it's so interesting which hymns are still sung and how often. Right. This is a favorite in our church. One of the reasons why I particularly mm-hmm. like choosing it is because there is so much truth to it. Right. You know, there's so much truth. And then you add this beautiful hymn, this the, the tune. It's full of majesty. Yeah. It, it's just a great combination of the two. A great marriage yeah. of the lyrics and the music. And of course, when I play it, I mean, I usually am on the pipe organ. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, it's it's a pretty awesome one to play on the pipe right. organ. I like to be as loud as right. I possibly can, especially at the end. I mean, it is showing what heaven would be like. Mm-hmm. It's full of glory, you know, mm-hmm. so you want it to be loud and right. exciting and full. And so, all right, so we're going to read the words to you. Hopefully, um, these words are familiar to you. All right, and I'll play the piano. Yep. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. 
Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. Cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee, which wert and art, and evermore shalt be. Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see. Only thou art holy, there is none beside thee, perfect in power, in love and purity. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So, where do these words come from? The phrase, holy, 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 occurs twice in the Bible. What does the Bible say? <laughs> no, that's so funny. I feel like it would be way more than twice. Well, the word holy is of used course. a lot. Okay, right. so it's just the fact that it's three times. Right. Okay. The fact that it's three times, and it's important that it's three times, and something that I think is really interesting, it's only twice, but it spans thousands of years. Right. It actually spans eternity because the second time that it is seen is in the book of Revelation. Right. It is a preview of heaven. Right. So holy, holy, holy occurs twice, both times. They were, it was said, spoken by heavenly beings, angels, creatures. In the Old Testament, it says seraphim. And it is literally the only time seraphim is mentioned in the Bible. And it is mentioned in this hymn. Wow. Fun the fact. He had to include seraphim. It's a great word. It's a great word. All right. Okay, so let's do what let's, does the Bible say? Let's read it. So first from the Old Testament. Okay. This is from the prophet of Isaiah. Isaiah experiences God in the Jewish temple. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. So that's Isaiah 6, 1 through 3. And it is this vision that Isaiah had. All right. So in Revelation, we hear something very similar. I mean, John is writing uh, of these heavenly beings. They're very likely the same ones that Isaiah is writing about. Mm -hmm. So this is Revelation 4, 8. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within and day and night. They never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. When mm. you hear those two passages, yeah. especially, you know, side by side, like we just did them right, right, right next to each other, you know that that absolutely had to be the hymnspiration. Yes. I mean, our hymn writer Heber had to have been thinking of these verses when he wrote this text. Mm. Now, holiness is one of God's characteristics. Okay. And, you know, there are theologians who say that holiness is the probably the characteristic of God that is most difficult for us to comprehend. Right. He's loving. Right. We understand love. Mm -hmm. He's full of grace and mercy and forgiveness because those are all characteristics that we can embody at times. Right. No, we don't embody them fully. No, but we can, uh, and we're striving yes. to have that all the time. Yes. All right, so holy is is not something that we try to embody. I read that holiness is not the way to Jesus. Jesus is the way to holiness. We cannot get holy by our own efforts. Right. It absolutely takes the power of the Holy Spirit to make the children of God live holy lives. Right. I mean, we read in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, that God is so holy that no one could look at him and live. It would be like looking at the sun and going blind as a result. But God's holiness and being in his presence would do even more than that. Now, the word holy is found in the New Testament 180 times. The Greek word for holy, holy or holiness is hagios. The Hebrew word for holiness, which is found in the Old Testament 431 times, is kodesh. So we have kodesh in Hebrew, hagios in Greek. And they both mean the same thing, Carrie. They mean apartness, separateness, sacredness. 
God is altogether holy, sacred, set apart, or separate from the creation. He is separate from sin, separate from corruption, separate from impurity. He is perfect in all his ways. All right, so that's a lot about the word holy, but we should also talk about the fact that it's said three times. Right. It's it, dated three times from the Bible, both mm-hmm. testaments, mm-hmm. and Heber, who wrote the words, kept the three. And you could almost see that he would change it or, right. or only use one. He kept the three. I think it's neat because it almost sounds poetic. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't sound like just dialogue. It mm-hmm. sounds like a song or a chant. Mm-hmm. And Heber, you know, kept that. He was a poet by nature. Right. We're going to learn a little bit more about him. Yeah. But he was a poet. So he. I think that that was important to him. Well, and I think when you're saying a word three times, you really want it to be emphasized. Mm-hmm. But it's especially important in the Hebrew language. Right. The repetition would make it stand out as very important. I mean, we do this in English, of course. We do? But well, I mean, if you want to emphasize something, wouldn't you repeat it? Like how? Well, I mean, like if you wanted to say so- that something was far, far away. Oh, that in a galaxy far, far away. Right. I mean, Star Wars, they want us to know that it is really, really, really <laughs> far. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we do this in the English language, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the word is repeated three times indicates a state of completion or absoluteness. Both Isaiah and Revelation, we see it in both books. It's emphasizing God's holiness and to convey the completeness of it. Mm. Three times. Mm. Wow. 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 (laughs) See, that's three times. That's three times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We need a triplet, Carrie. Him talk, triplet talk. April needs to come back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what can we learn about this guy, Heber? Heber. (laughs) Stop it. It's Heber. So, I mean, we know that he was a pastor. We know that Mm -hmm. he was a poet. We know that he was a writer. Yeah. And we know that he he knew his Bible. Yes. I mean, he's quoting the Bible. The Bible is his inspiration. Let's let's talk about it. Okay. Reginald Heber was born April 21st, 1783 in Malpas. Now, Malpas. Okay, I did a little digging. Okay. So, Kelly, Malpas is in Cheshire. It's a small, picturesque village. And according to Country Living Magazine, in October of 2016, it was named as 13 of the prettiest villages in England. How's that for a fun fact? I say we head there. Malpas. (laughs) The title of the article was 13 Villages So Pretty They Should Be on a Postcard. And Malpas is one of them. It has this castle and it has a medieval street pattern. I don't know what a medieval street pattern oh, well, is. Well, we'll have to head there to we, check it out. Oh, where's our captain? <laughs> this is your captain speaking. And it says there's lots of shopping and lots of pubs. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Two things I like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, so he was born there. He was born there, and he was born into a wealthy, educated family, and he was very, very bright. Even as a youth, he ended up tra- translating a classic right. book from Latin to English when he was only seven. I mean... We thought our kids were smart. I mean, seven years old translating. Yep. He went to Oxford at 17 and he won two poetry awards when he was there. He was really, you know, fond of the English language. Mm -hmm. And after graduation, he actually went back to his father's church and became the rector there. It was in the village of Hodnet. Hodnet is in Shropshire. And it is another historic village. He clearly, you know, was a fan of these historic villages. And he worked at this church. This church was built in the 14th century. Right. And it was dedicated to St. Luke. Right. So they did some restoration work in the 18th and 19th centuries. And they actually added on a chapel and they named it after our guy. Right. It's the Heber Chapel. That was from 1870. Yeah. So, I mean, going to visit this church would be so great. It's an old, old, old church. It has the newer chapel, although that's still over 100 years old. It has this octagonal tower, which Mm. is supposed to be something beautiful to see. Okay. And they have on display a Nuremberg Bible that dates back to 1479. That's crazy. That is so old. I mean, America wasn't even around then. I know. And they, well, I mean, it was, but well, it was. <laughs> um, where's our captain? Because we're going to Hodnet. This is your captain speaking. <laughs> All right. So while he's here, he makes this like goal for himself, mm-hmm. right? He wants to write a hymn a week right. to go with the liturgical calendar, which right. I think is so interesting. He was an innovator in hymnology, and he wanted something creative 
and unique for each week. And what's interesting is when you look at his total number of hymns, right? it's 57. <laughs> so he wrote one a week and maybe a few extra a few for extras. the holy days. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. I mean, that was his goal. Right. He's described as the first specifically liturgical hymn writer of the Church of England. This was new for the Church of England. And so there's 57 hymns. Many of them are still sung today, although... We don't know any of them. No, we weren't familiar with any of them. But I I imagine maybe in England and maybe in the Church of England. um, Hey, if you're listening from England and you have a favorite Reginald Heber hymn, let us know. (laughs) Let us know. Now, the interesting thing is these hymns were sung at his church where he was the rector. None of them were published. Okay. Until after he died. Right. So he wasn't even writing these for like fame and glory to be sung all over the Church of England. No, they were just for him and his church family. Right. right. And then when he died tragically at the age of 43, I mean, he died young. That is young. All of his hymns were eventually published. And missions was was really important to him. It was really important to him to get the gospel out. And he wrote... A famous missionary hymn called From Greenland's Icy Mountains. So we don't sing that at our church, do we? No, no. (laughs) But I'm looking at it right now. It's from 1819, Reginald Heber. Lowell Mason, our local guy from Massachusetts, did the music for it. If you're at all curious about Lowell Mm -hmm. Mason's music, I highly suggest you go back to our Christmas episode Mm -hmm. and listen to Joy to the World because he did the music for that. So here he is taking Reginald Heber's words and putting this nice hymn tune to it. All right, do you want to show everyone? Let's show. This is From Greenland's Icy Mountains. Okay. From Greenland's icy mountains, from India's coral strand, where Africa's bright fountains roll down their golden sand. From many an ancient river, from many a palmy plain, they call us to deliver their land from error's chain. Interesting. Yeah, so this is so cool. He is writing a missions hymn, and he lists and names, you know, different places. Right. It starts with Greenland. Then he moves to India, mm-hmm. and then he mentions Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, he wrote this a full year before he was actually commissioned to be the second bishop of Calcutta. I mean, India was on his mind for sure. Definitely. For sure. So he gets the call to go to India, mm-hmm. and he actually loves his time in India. He contributed so much to the culture, to mm-hmm. the education, to so much in this area of India where he lived, which is called Tamil Nadu. If you were to visit this area now, you would see references to Heber. Right. There's Still. a college named after him. There's schools named after him. Mm-hmm. He was much loved and much revered in his time there, and he was only there for three years. Now, in 2018, Kel, I read this article from an Indian newspaper called the New Indian Express. Okay. There's like this plaque in honor of him. It was covered by mud and leaves, and, and then there was oh. some construction done, and it actually just kind of got taken out and like thrown off to the side. People didn't even know where it was. And there were a whole group of people in this area who really criticized the administration for allowing this to happen. And this alumnus was quoted in the newspaper. He said, it is an insult to the man who made Tyrkey an educational hub. We cannot forget the contributions of Heber to the city. Mm. Therefore, the authorities should take immediate action on this issue, and efforts must be taken for restoration of the plaque. They wanted to make sure they were still honoring Reginald Heber. Wow. After he died, um, an Ang- another Anglican bishop named Stephen Neal wrote, Perhaps no other missionary has ever left on his surroundings so deep an impress of his personality in so short a time. Wow. He was only there three years. I mean, but he made a huge impact. He I mean, did. when you look at the schools and the plaques and things are named after him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we've spent all this time talking about Heber, and he's awesome. But we do have to talk about this composer who wrote the tune. Right Now, this John Backus Dykes, he actually named the tune 
Nicaea. When Heber wrote this, it was important to him that all his hymns had a place in the liturgy. Right. And this hymn, Holy, 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 was supposed to be sung after they recited the Nicene Creed. So I have to guess that Dykes knew that. Dykes knew that. He knew that. So he called the tune Nicaea. And the two of them are so connected. Mm -hmm. There's no other tune that goes with those words. Right. And the Nicaea tune doesn't go with anything else. No. If you hear... Do 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 do. I mean, that's holy, holy, holy. Right. You don't know anything else. So you know, the Nicene Creed was really important in the liturgy. They said it every week. Now we come from a tradition that we don't recite creeds, but I'm sure some of our listeners recite creeds. Do you know the three most popular, well-known, widely used Christian creeds? I mean, Kel, I don't know if I know three, but I mean, I know the Nicene Creed. Yes. And the Apostles' Creed. Yes. All right, so let me think. What would the third be? Um, Creed Bratton from The Office. <laughs> That's so silly. It's I can't so believe silly. I just said that. I know. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Definitely not, not a, a Christian game. Creed. All right, so no, the last the one. The last one is the Athanasian Creed. Okay, I've no, no, never no, heard of no. that. I think what's f- fascinating is what they have in common. Oh. So they're all a creed. Okay. Which comes from the Latin word credo. Okay. C-R-E-D-O. Which does that mean something with like belief? Yes. Okay. It means I believe. It's I translation believe. translated to I believe. Okay. Give me a famous line of a creed. I believe in God the Father. Yes. Right. So an actual creed will start with the words I believe. Now, creed has come down in, in the ages to just be like a, a mission statement right. okay. or a motto. So when I did some Googling of creeds, you okay. know, I found like Doc Savage has a creed and the Green Lantern has a creed, oh, but they right. don't actually start with the words I believe. Right. Yeah. So these Christian creeds, I just thought we'd talk about them because we grew up in a church right? and we still worship in a church that we really don't do creeds. No. So the creeds are from the early church and they really were formed to kind of like solve some sort of problem or some sort of mystery. When some false teaching was happening, you know, a council would get together and they would say, no, we're not, we're, we're denouncing the false teaching and this is what we believe, you know, and that's how they came up. So of the three kind of famous Christian creeds that are still around today, the Nicene Creed is actually the oldest. Okay. And in, do you know what? It's the only ecumenical creed because it is accepted as authoritative by Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, Anglican, and major Protestant churches. Wow. It was ratified as the universal creed of Christendom by the Council of Ephesus in 431. Wow. It's so, I mean, it's so long ago. It's like, still it's so, so long, long ago. ago. I know, yeah. I know. But there are a minority of Protestants, they oppose the use of creeds. They say, no creed but the Bible. No creed but the Bible. Well, it's true. When you think about it, if you're going to memorize something, why not just memorize scripture? And if someone was going to ask you, what do you believe? Like, what is what is your faith all about? I mean, are you quoting the creed or could, are you opening your Bible? Couldn't you just open? Yeah. Right, okay. right. That's interesting. All right, so let's just make this connection to the hymn. Okay, so Reginald Heber writes the hymn for the sole purpose of being sung after the Nicene Creed. He was a liturgical hymn writer. Every hymn had its place. So then years later, when Dykes, our composer, puts music to it, he names the hymn tune Nicaea. And it's definitely his most famous hymn tune, and it may even be one of the most famous hymn tunes of all time. Right. And it's called Nicaea yeah. because of its place during the service. Right. I think that's so interesting. Right. And, you know, I love that these text writers, music writers, they collaborate without ever having met, right. without ever having worked together. But Dykes wanted to be true and respectful to what Heber intended. Yeah. You know, and that actually doesn't happen sometimes. It doesn't happen that often, but when it does, it's so clear that the Holy Spirit is involved. Right. It's not an accident, and it's not a coincidence. Right. Yeah, right. I love it. All right, so let's talk about this John Bacchus Dykes. I think this is the first time this has happened. It's a hymn talk, yes. twin talk first. <laughs> we already talked about J.B. Dykes. Right. He is a composer that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Episode 7 of Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. 
Eternal Father, Strong to Save. So if you haven't listened to our episode on the hymn, Eternal Father, Strong to Save, I certainly encourage you to go to yeah. it. Wasn't that a great one? It was a great one. Remember, it- that was election week here in America. Yes. We talked a little bit about the president mm-hmm. and had some White House trivia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway... There's so much information that we dig up every right. week. Right. Um, we do have new stuff to share with you, but he should sound a little familiar. Yes. John Bacchus Dykes was born on March 10th, 1823 in Kingston-upon-Hull, England. His grandfather was a pastor. His father was a pastor. He grew up mm. in the church. In fact, I read that his first job playing the piano and accompanying the church, he had it when he was... 10 years old. Wow. He becomes the organist. Isn't that crazy? He writes these famous, famous hymn tunes. Right, Cal? Yes. We're talking about over 300 hymns this man wrote. So he was a lot more prolific than Heber. Yeah, Heber only wrote 57. Right, for sure. (laughs) So he wrote this, the hymn, Jesus, the very thought of thee. Do you know this, Cal? Now, I do know it, but it is not one of the hymns that we do regularly at church. No, I actually remember just singing this in our Methodist church. Okay. Yeah. So it's in our hymnal. It is in our hymnal. Do you want to sing it for everybody? Sure. Okay. Jesus, the very thought of thee, with sweetness fills my breast, but sweeter far thy face to see. And in thy presence rest. I mean, how pretty. Very pretty. He he writes some beautiful tunes. I love his harmonies, too. I mean, I know, I know that you, you only heard soprano and alto. Right. But, I mean, there's just some pretty harmonies and pretty chords. The words, we actually don't know the original words. They I were know. originally in Latin. We don't have a, a the name of the person who wrote them. But they believe it dates back to the 12th century. And it's just... They're so pretty and like intimate, this right. relationship that you have. I mean, just the very thought of right. Jesus, how sweet that is. It almost doesn't seem like it would be coming from the 12th I century. Know. I know. It's kind of great. Now, he definitely writes some beautiful tunes. The tune is beautiful. The chords are beautiful. All right. We haven't even sung Holy, Holy, Holy. I know. I mean, we did the other song about Greenland and India and <laughs> That's Africa. Right. That's right. I hope you all like those. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's just do one verse of Holy, Holy, okay. Holy before we really dive into Dykes. And I bet you can hear the musical similarities between Holy, Holy, Holy and Jesus, the very thought of thee. And if you really can think back to Eternal Father, Strong to Save, you may even see some similarities there. So true. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, Our song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So even still in this hymn, it's really nailing home blessed Trinity. Right. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, God in In three three persons, persons. blessed Trinity. So the first one I feel like is the one that kind of reminds us of the Nicene Creed. Yeah. The second verse, though, reminds me of what we just read in Revelation and Isaiah. Let's sing it. Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. Cherubim and seraphim, Falling down before thee, which wert and art, and evermore shall be. I mean, I don't think I will ever look at that phrase, cherubim and seraphim, again 
without thinking of this Bible yes. passage. And that's what makes hymns that come right from the Bible so good. Right. Because now you have God's word in your head. Right. Just milling about all day. Right. And it's funny because this image of God's creatures, God's yeah. beings mm-hmm. gathered around him, worshiping him, was on April's mind too. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, centuries later... Right. God is still speaking through his word, through his music, and it was on her heart. So Mm -hmm. we had to do it. All right. So John Backestykes writes these amazing hymns. There's a period of his life where he served at the parish of St. Oswald in Durham from 1862 until really the year he died. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this was kind of a time of tribulation for him and for the church. There was a lot of disagreement. Uh We talked about this in our previous episode. I mean, even though it was a hard time, he loved that church. He actually named his son... John St. Oswald Dykes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he named one of his hymn tunes St. Oswald. Oswald. Right. Yeah. He published sermons and articles on religion, but he is best known for composing like these three over 300 hymn tunes. Now, there is some criticism. Okay. So a lot of people thought his music was had too much chromaticism, <laughs> which is funny because there is chromaticism. Right, but there's not a lot. Well, I think, what are we comparing it to? Name another hymn from that time period. It is more. Mm -hmm. I think he looked at himself as a composer. So he was trying to keep up with the classical music trends, but maybe church music was a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's funny because those composers that were around the same time as him, you know, were romantic era composers. So they did have a lot of expression in their music. They had a lot of chromaticism and they broke a lot of the classical music rules. Right. So he must have been inspired by that and wanted to do that with his hymns. I think so too. Would you say that was his own inspiration for the music? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he is being inspired by the music that he's hearing. Right. So we're in this romantic era in terms of secular music, in terms of worldly music, and and he's maybe putting that into his own hymn music, and people aren't quite sure of it. He was actually accused of having too much sentimentality in his music. Mm -hmm. Again, again, it's this like maybe this overt expression of mm -hmm. whatever it is, faith, devotion, love, whatever it is. That's what we're seeing in the romantic music. Mm -hmm. So he is having too much, dare we say, sentimentality. That is so funny because that actually could be a criticism of the modern church. I know. That's why I think this is so interesting. So somebody is looking at a song like Jesus, the very thought of thee or eternal father strong to save or holy, holy, holy and saying it's too sentimental. But I don't think anybody today would have that assessment. But yet there are songs today that say, I'm in love with Jesus. You know, I'm falling in love with you. And that people would say that's much too sentimental or it it speaks of a romantic love instead of a godly love. So I do hear that. And it just goes to show you that this pendulum swings. Maybe Maybe when he was writing his hymns, the pendulum did swing a little bit sentimentally or emotionally or romantically, you know, and so you have to kind of bring it back a little bit. Right. Um, But that is something that just happens over and over again. History just keeps repeating itself. And what's interesting is if you really look at some of Dyke's tunes, how they've evolved over the years, hymnal editors have changed his chromaticisms. Right. They've changed the harmonic structures to simplify it, to Mm -hmm. make it more accessible. Right. I mean, he, they thought he had this imaginative harmonic structure that they didn't feel had a place in the church. Wow. But we're looking at the composers of the day, Mendelssohn, Weber, Chopin, Liszt, Schumann, Schubert. This is what they're doing. Right. And when you compare the music, Dykes was not doing this in excess. He Mm. really wasn't. No, no. Oh, my goodness. It was just enough to sort of spark listeners and Mm -hmm. singers and other musicians to go, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like church music anymore. Right. Now, here's something interesting. The song has an unusual meter. Okay. Now, you don't see meters like this that often. The meter is 11, 12, 12, 10. Now, most English texts that preceded it would have been much shorter with dealing with eights and sixes. Mm -hmm. We don't see 11s, 12s, and 10s all that often. So when we're talking about the meter, we're talking about the number of syllables. So can we just like spell out the number? Yeah, count it. Okay, so the first line has 11. Holy, holy, holy. 
Lord God Almighty. So that's 11. 11. Now, the common meter, they actually call it CM, would have been 8686. The short meter would have been 6686. They would have called that SM. And then the long meter, LM, was 8888. Oh, wow. So we are nowhere, nowhere near, near 11, 12s, and 10s. These, this is considered a very peculiar meter. In fact, you might even have the letters PM with it. Peculiar mm-hmm. meter. Now, we do also see irregular meters. Right. But this wouldn't be considered irregular. It, it you know, follows the pattern 11, 12, 12, 10. So it's not irregular as much as it's just peculiar. peculiar. Okay, but this isn't Dykes. Dykes had nothing to do with the meter. It's Heber's words. Right, but what people are saying is that Heber created something kind of complicated Mm -hmm. and complex. And the melody was so masterfully constructed that it doesn't matter that it's a peculiar meter. Nobody is listening to this going, oh, wow, why is it so long? Why are there so many words? Nobody. And we really do believe that it's because of Dyke's music. Mm. There are very few leaps, lots of repeated notes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even that melody, they talk about it going up in thirds. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's just, so third would be like do mi so. Right. Holy, holy, holy. So those three notes, they actually kind of connect to the Trinity. Those three notes rising up a third. So I just think that we need to acknowledge that John B. Dykes was creative and innovative, maybe even slightly ahead of the church's time. And he was very intentional. He, He made connections with the text. And he took that text and skillfully put it to music so that it doesn't seem... Peculiar. Peculiar. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I mean, I just loved diving into Holy, Holy, Holy. Again, if you want to hear more about John Backus Dykes, go back to listen to episode seven. And let's get this performance going. We have April. Yeah. So we're really excited. We kind of have attempted to do this like technological feat here. It's kind of like a technological miracle. (laughs) (laughs) So Carrie and I recorded the piano part Mm -hmm. for April. We sent her the piano part, and then she recorded herself singing. So it's as if we were all together, even though we weren't. Even though we weren't. So we just love her take on it. Mm -hmm. We love how she uses As the Deer. Yes. And now you all get to hear it. Mm -hmm. All right. April Metzler singing Holy, 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 and As the Deer. Bye.
everyone, this is April Metzler and I am very honored to collaborate with Carrie Frazier and Kelly Trapino to put together this mashup of worship hymns for y'all for their Hymn Talk Twin Talk show. The full version is available for free download over on my website at www.collaborations.aprildmetzler.com. As a loving reminder, we want you to know that you are indeed a child of God and He loves you so very much. All right. Thank you, April. That was so beautiful. And we hope you really enjoyed that. I know. All right. And we're going to have her information yes. on the show notes and on all our social media. So check out her show, the RSVP show. Yep. And check out her music. All right. To end our podcast today, we just want to read a portion of Psalms. Mm -hmm. This is from Psalm 145. It's a great hymn of praise. Read the whole thing because a lot of it seems to remind us of holy, holy, holy. But this is the verses 10 through 13. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. To make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Someday we will all be in heaven with April <laughs> and we will be singing Holy, Holy, Holy. All right. <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, thanks. We'll see you next time on Him Talk, Twin Talk. Bye.